Time for rolling. The right targets. That is one trade. T-Tigers is still pretty healthy. Tries to jump in. He finds one. This is a big turnaround for Liberation X. They might get the third. They might find an ace here. On to Lost Boytop. Surrey Strike is not oh. something that goes down. He might go for Donna Clips. He's going to get one. He's got to get two. Lost Boytop. Oh, Lost Boytop. He does it. He gets the two versus one turnaround under the turret. He lives. Welcome to Time for Rolling Esports, the weekly podcast that brings you Vainglory Esports. From predictions to recaps and analysis, we present to you the best in professional Vainglory. Now, here's your hosts, Endless and Crude Sloth. It's Time for Rolling. Hey, what's up, guys? Endless here. We are back with the recap episode of this past weekend, which was the Summer Unified Live Championship. Uh, on a scale of one to ten, crude, how was it? Eleven. 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 Yeah, it was. It was lit, as the the kids say. Now. Was it better than spring? I would have to say it was better than spring. Definitely competition wise, I think. Uh, yeah, easily it was better than spring. Unfortunately, G two. Or uh, no one from EU did make it. Spoiler alert. Sorry, guys. But um, last spring, G2 didn't make it at that time. But there was kind of a questionable uh, Mortals team. Now that we have uh, pretty much all strong NA teams and the real legit EU teams, it was probably the fairest it could be. But uh, it was a great weekend. A lot of insane games. Uh, so many games. This, this podcast could be five hours. So we talk about each one. But we're not going to do that. Uh, we're going to be biased not talk about all the games you maybe want to hear. We apologize if we don't get to that. We're going to pick our favorite games. Uh, we're going to get to the matches we think maybe are most important and the ones we discussed on our you know, our prediction episodes. And obviously, I mean, most of them will probably focus on NA more than EU. We'll, we'll touch on EU a little bit, but yeah, it's going to be more NA probably. Yes, correct. So uh, obviously, there's no difference between me and you. We picked the same. Uh, there's no bragging rights. Neither of us got anything right different than the other. Um, day one, let's go ahead and take a look at those matchups, kind of refresh our memories. We had Mouse Sports versus G2. Uh, we had Dynasty versus Clash. We had Nova versus Tempo Storm and Immortals versus Hammers. Uh, me and you picked everything the same, like I mentioned. First matchup, uh, Mass Sports versus G2. Let's go ahead and talk about that one real quick. We saw this one being, you know, a pretty pretty big talk about match. A lot of people said that G2, while they are the sixth position, uh, they they had a rough couple of splits. You know, they were on vacation, they were studying. A lot of people thought they were higher than that. Uh, Mass Sports had some good starts to the splits, but maybe weren't going to perform as well on stage. Yeah, this was no messing around. I mean, like you were kind of talking about, though, with G2 being the sixth seed and Mouse Force being the three seed, I think a lot of people, if you don't really pay super close attention, might just think that Mouse Force might take care of this. But surprise, surprise, G2 ended up beating Mouse Force in a best-of-five series, and it got it got pretty intense. Uh, it was a good way to start the weekend for sure. I know, like, the very first game starting out, um, we had talked about, or I know a lot of people had talked about with the East Asia Championships just being done, uh, we had saw a lot of gameplay where, you know, there was like a weapon power uh, Sakai to counter a Crystal Mage. And uh, the very first game, we kind of saw that maybe a little bit, a little bit of that had some influence in the EU NA meta. And uh, Apfel picked up a weapon power Sky to counter Hundor's uh, Crystal Celeste. So 
uh, it was just a little interesting to kind of see if if some of that stuff was going to take over for the weekend or if it was just kind of like a one-time thing so uh that's all i really have for that one yeah i know we, we see right away the eu um a, a lot of people need to realize that they don't ea the ea championship with teams like uh, ace gaming and rocks armada they did happen before this weekend so while a lot of people maybe they don't want to admit it it did affect the meta a lot there's a week of scrimming the professional teams did watch uh, the ea they call they saw what things was happening over there so they were you know they were pulling certain things that was happening they adapted to what was happening with me what was going to be strong uh you know you did just mention that weapon power sky it didn't happen throughout the whole week but, you know, Scarf right now in this patch is kind of broken. A lot of people are saying that, you know, DNZO's playing it a lot, and he's playing Scarf to the highest, you know, ability right now. And at this time, there really wasn't a counter for Scarf. People were trying to use Celeste to counter Scarf, and it was kind of this battle in the lane of, of the, the, the mages. And uh, Scarf sometimes would win, sometimes Celeste would win. But, you know, for the most part, it was kind of that Scarf was just winning late game no matter what. But back to this uh, G2 mouse sports, I'm going to go ahead and break down game five here and see some little little off meta picks uh, for 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 G2. We see Fortress coming out and Kanakoa. We see Dark Potato. Not really off meta for him. He does pick up that weapon power Lance. Uh, we know a lot of teams are worried about him playing that and is a very strong hero for him. Uh, at fell for mouse sports. He picked up a Gwen. Uh, not really meta right now. Kind of a weak hero. I think it was one of the only times it was played this week. And uh, on the Doom, on the Strong Samuel, uh, this just wasn't quite enough for um, for Mouse Sports. Dark Potato on that Lance. He did a great job of locking it down. Uh, I was high for G2 uh, getting this win. I think they deserve you know that six spot. They deserve even higher than that. But this next matchup is. Uh, Dynasty, uh, I thought they were pretty surprising against Clash, and you know even a bigger performance second day. Yeah, I mean, I was I was surprised with Dynasty. Well, I guess I wasn't that surprised with Dynasty, considering I thought that you know with them having probably, I guess I would say arguably the best player Mowgli being on that team, um, you know they kind of handled business pretty well, and uh, they ended up moving on to day two. Um, I don't I don't really have much to say else about that one. Yeah, there's definitely more to say about uh, day two about to say about Dynasty, but real quick, I do want to mention Mowgli. Obviously, upset about the performance, wishing they can uh, move on farther. But you know, Mowgli did say there is a possibility that he may be moving to the North American region. So if that does happen, uh, he seems like it's a long shot. But if it happens, man, can you could you imagine Mowgli on a North America team, and especially a team like TSM? That would be crazy. Like honestly, if if he tweeted something about how you know his girlfriend may be moving to NA and he may come with, depending on what kind of offers he get, but man, right now is your time to come over to NA. Mowgli is definitely someone who can fill Flash's shoes tenfold. Like I think he would fit great with TSM. I think he would, you know, it excel even more. He would dominate. Would be probably a top team. They'd be right back at the top. Not that they really left. I mean, they did get knocked out this weekend and weren't in the championship. But I mean, they would be at the same level, if not better. Yeah, for sure. So, all right, let's go ahead and move on to the NA portion of day one then. Let's keep this thing moving. We won't want to be, you know, be here for five hours. But um, Nova versus Tempo, you know, big Nova fans this whole weekend. Uh, obviously, if you listen to our prediction, we did pick them to lose to Fnatic. You know, it's kind of both of us throwing off picks there, trying to win the bracket challenge, picking some upsets. But uh, Nova versus Tempo, it was a good series. Tempo put up a great fight. Nova... Um, you know, play strong, NA, they did, you know, four games, I think so, yeah. 
Um, but truth, he uh, started showing us a little bit of how he was about to start playing this weekend. Uh, Londelfi uh, wasn't just a decent jungler. He was performing extremely well. Uh, you know, allowed him to make some crazy plays. We see Dienzio, Scarf was his nightmare this past weekend. True Celeste was extremely well. A lot of people kind of try to avoid that situation as much as possible. Uh, you know, we saw Truth on like a Weapon Power catch will be really strong in the pa past. The Vox be really strong, but his Celeste this weekend was... If you want to go get some Celeste lessons, definitely go back and watch the VODs. Truth absolutely puts on a clinic. Uh, props to, you know, you for calling out, because I don't remember if you said this on the podcast, actually, or if it was just you and I talking, but you had talked a lot about Truth and talking up Truth and how good you think he actually can be. Uh, I wasn't completely sold on it, but let me tell you what, I am completely sold on it now because he did extremely well this weekend extremely well in the first round the second round all the way up to the championship played phenomenal i mean i was impressed with dianzio but truth was wow i was impressed yeah i think that is very exciting for vanglory altogether seeing uh you know a big qualification to be successful in vanglory is you must be younger than 15 years old and uh, uh unfortunately for me and you we've outpeaked that age limit to be good at vanglory uh we will not have that insane skill like those young kids do but yeah, Nova moves on to day two. Uh, they played extremely well. Handled Tempest Storm, you know, look at how many games they actually went to, you know, didn't go to the best of five. So um, they had a pretty pretty good day one. Yeah, so our match to watch for day one, maybe even the whole the whole tournament because of it would, you know, kind of determine a lot of the outcome of the rest of the bracket would end up. But um, this Immortals versus Hammers game was starting all over. Uh, this type carry versus Dianzio carry, starting all over carry. Uh, Archaic and T-Tigers, looking at that. The battle of the jungler to see which uh, jungler would uh, you know farm better, be the better jungler to win the game for his team. But you know this series was a pretty good series. But do you have any matches particularly you want to talk about? In particular, probably the first match would be the biggest one I want to talk about. Just because Dianzio, uh, he, gets, he gets this Crystal Adagio on the lane. And we haven't seen a whole lot of it previously before going into this weekend, I'd say. Uh, especially, you know, Crystal Laners are starting to pick up more and more here recently. But uh, Dianzio goes 18-2 and two on this Crystal Adagio. I mean, he absolutely destroys. And we see starting all over with his Crystal Celeste, he goes 3-10. and 10. So uh, we know how good starting all over is, but that just catapults Dianzio into how good he is, the fact that he goes 18-2 and two and starting all over goes 3-10. and 10. Not that starting all over is bad. We know that he's good. Uh he, it's, he's either all in and he's dominant or he's all in and it fails hard. And I think just this first match, it kind of blew up in his face a little bit, I guess you could say. Yeah, I think uh, Dianzio really showed that uh, he can, you know, master some heroes that aren't necessary meta at the time and make them meta. You know, if you can pick a hero that you dominate so much on, you're going to force a team to have to prioritize that ban, which that's what we see start happening to Immortals is people start having have to ban Scarf away from Dienzio because there's no way they can handle that Scarf, so you have to get rid of it. And, you know, that can put you in a sticky situation depending on, you know, which hero the other team will pick up first then because of that Scarf ban. Uh, so while I thought this game was going to be a lot closer, it definitely was, wasn't was Hammer's closest game of the weekend. Um, I, or sorry, Immortal's closest game of the weekend. I thought Hammer's put up a, a decent fight, and I was happy with Dienzio's victory. 
think he had the the best chance to make it to the finals out of the two teams. So overall, I was happy with that with that game. Uh, so day two, this is when the action starts to heat up. Obviously, EU versus NA. This is when all the smack talk that happens can uh, can be you know finalized. We're gonna see if there's any EU team uh, beat NA. Uh, first matchup, we're gonna see maybe this is gonna be a wipe. We didn't think it was gonna be close at all. You know, absolutely domination out of Cloud Nine. But you know, Team Dynasty. And, you know, they threw everyone off, honestly made everyone start panicking from NA, thinking that EU was going to, you know, about to come out and destroy everyone. We see Dynasty right away. They go ahead and take game one and beat Cloud9. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, they did. And, you know, not taking anything away from Dynasty, props to them. But we do see, if you look at the draft, Cloud9, their very first ban was a saw. And a lot of people, you know, kind of talked about how that could be, you know, like uh, giving like a shout out to physics or, you know, um, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, I guess. But I don't think they had this. They, they kind of had the strongest comp. I don't think they had the strongest comp compared to what Dynasty had. Obviously, they got the win. Uh, so I think kind of after this first match, they were like, okay, um, time to time to really focus and buckle down and not waste our first ban on a saw. But so I just want to throw that in there too, whether that really affected it. Because after that, it was after the first game, it was Cloud9. I mean, we did have Gabe on stage say afterwards that uh, they didn't prepare for Dynasty. They were hoping for just generic drafts to get them to the series and that they were hoping that they could just outscale them. But we see Dynasty uh, do have that scarf, which was played uh, particularly extremely well by Rekumeza in the jungle. So I was impressed with that. Uh, Tricky played well. I think, uh, honestly, it was just Cloud9, you know, just a little misstep in there in the beginning. Kind of maybe, you know, wanted to troll NA and make them freak out. But, uh... Uh, we see Cloud9 go ahead and pick up the next three games and go ahead 3-1 Dynasty, which uh, which was kind of what we expected anyways. Old School is playing some Celeste throughout the series, some Vox. Um, we know Cloud9, they're on that Vox. They, you know, Old School's winning. He's, he's He has an extremely high win rate on that Vox. Our teams will start prioritizing that Vox ban against him. And, you know, when you're prioritizing the the Vox ban, you know, you're leaving Gabe Bizzle a hero that has an extremely high success rate, which is that Grace. Um, to me, I mean, to me personally, Grace kind of showed how broken she was this weekend with that double echo all. You know, you'd have a team fight that should be going the way of, you know, let's say Hammers, for example. Um, if, you know, just a situation I make up here. If Hammers is about to kill Cloud9, if Gabe, uh, you know, Holy Novas, Echoes, or Divine Intervention, sorry. If you use Divine Intervention, Echoes, uses Divine Intervention again, you know, can absolutely bring back your team and can turn the fight around and absolutely dominate. And you can just be that much farther away from the ace, you know. When the team fight, it was crazy. It was almost that you needed to ban away that Grace in order to win these games. I mean, Grace was beaten a few times. I know Grace was kind of beat when there was a Black Feather on the field. Black Feather was a good counter for Grace. But, you know, back to this game, Dynasty Cloud9. Uh, Cloud9 just started to outplay them. I love Joseph on Kashka one game, going 7-1, and one, put on that Kashka clinic. We've seen him do many of times. Obviously, with Power Glaive is starting to come back a lot more, uh, you know, as well. Yeah, I mean, last the last game that we see, uh, Riku Miza picks up a, a Crystal Power Taka, which we haven't seen Taka alone be picked up very often let alone a crystal power taka so i thought that was pretty interesting and uh I, this is a complete side question for you and maybe you won't know this but did you see tricky's build at the end of this match all right this is the very last match very last well yeah so i mean cloud nine took it three to one so this is game four 
Tricky's got Sorrow Blade, Poison Shiv, Breaking Point, and then a Piercing thing. Okay, so that's what I want to make my point is I have a screenshot, and it's got Tricky just has an O-Cart. Uh, he sold everything else. Isn't there punishment for selling your builds? Like, aren't you not supposed to do that, or am I wrong on this? Eh, I don't remember the rules. We'd have to go back to episode, like, two or three <laughs> two, for grieving two, grieving okay. trolling. I doubt it. I don't think so. Okay. I just, because I wanted to talk, I wasn't sure what he went on that, but I, I saw, I have, all I have is that he had an oak, at, and I knew that wasn't what he had. But. At my screenshot of the game, it's 1615 in, and Cloud9 has not yet destroyed the crystal, so he still had his build right when he was coming up. Okay. So he definitely sold it right at the last second. Which I, I don't think you're supposed to. I, I don't know. I think there's something there that you're. But yeah. Anyway, let's not talk about things we don't know about. Let's focus on what we do know about. And that that's Cloud9 took three games off of Dynasty. Three. Yeah. So honestly, still want to give a shout out to Mowgli. He did his best to play against, um, you know, the best team, Cloud9. And uh, he worked really hard, so shout out to him for coming out swinging, performing as best he could against Cloud9. Um, you know, the next game we see Fnatic versus Nova. Obviously, Nova is a very young team that has not been on stage that much together as a team. Um, so this is a very big step for them, a very big deciding point for them. They have a lot more pressure. You know, you can't lose. It's not just pressure, you know, to move on to day three. This is, you know, pressure that you don't want to lose to. You don't want to be that NA team to lose to EU. So, you know, if Truth and, and Delphi keep playing well and, you know, push to win Starboy needs to be on point as well. So, you know, this game was a, you know, it was a pretty good game. Fnatic comes out, has a pretty decent first game back and forth. We see, uh, you know, Nova still picking up that first win. But uh, do you have the draft for this game? Yes, I do. And so you got Tenno JJ on a Sky. You got Netflet on a Lance. You got Palmatoro on a Weapon Power Grace. So I was interested to see if this was going to happen throughout the weekend. You know, I've played Weapon Power Grace. Um, when you get that tension bow, that proc with the weapon power, already with already the stats that are on the weapon power, the weapon side of Palmatoro, it's ridiculous. So I was curious to see if people would be picking this up and to see if they could make it viable. Um, Lone Delphi got uh, Kroll. Truth went with the four offensive crystal power. Idris and then Starboy got the Catherine. So... Uh, it was interesting to see, but I mean, obviously Nova takes this game one off of Fnatic and kind of, you know, a little bit of a shock because, you know, Fnatic's number two going in and Nova's number three, but um, they take game one out of this. So Yeah, Truth, you know, he was that late game carry that, you know, Fnatic played well in the beginning, but they had to get True to that late game. Once that four item Idris gets a late game, uh, Truth can pretty much feel comfortable that he can, you know, alt into a teammate, get out of a sticky situation. But he's pretty much trying to 1v3 that whole match. You know, against a Sky, that can be tricky. That Chakram can miss. Sky can dance around that. You know, but luckily your auto attacks, even from Idris, the Crystal Idris is really strong. Um, you know, Fnatic picking that Sky was kind of questionable. You know, I know that was a Crystal Sky in the lane. That was definitely interesting to see. Um, but we do see Von C play Weapon Power Grace once. But really from NA, we don't really see many people playing Weapon Power Grace. So, you know, maybe just a weird draft for Fnatic. Try to surprise them for game one. Uh, didn't work. Nova wins. But game two of Nova and Fnatic, we do see, you know, maybe Fnatic back on more of their comfortable stuff. We see, you know, Palmatora on that crawl and Tetna JJ on that Celeste. But, you know, if you have listened to us in the beginning, 
there was a time all I did was complain and complain about only weapon power laners. But now we're seeing, you know, Celeste and Scarf and the laners along with other weapon power. So, you know, this is a great meta right now. We got a lot of diversity between heroes being picked. So I'm super stoked about that. But, you know, Techno JJ on that Celeste. Um, you know, Starboy on that Clapton Glaive, that's something he's always kept around. Uh, you know, it's not really in meta right now, but those afterburns are really clutch. But, you know, Truth on that Weapon Power Kestrel, uh, you know, Starblade, Bonesaw, Double Tyrant, still a lot of damage. But unfortunately, he doesn't have enough peel from Starboy to keep him safe from Palmatoro. You know, that, that Weapon Power Kestrel is a good counter into that Kroll. You know, Kroll, Dead Man's Rushes uh, into that, into that Kestrel. Kestrel can uh, active camo. You know, right before Crawl gets there, you can stun him out of that. But unfortunately, with Techno JJ's range uh, range advantage, he just couldn't get any damage off on him. Uh, Techno JJ goes four and two. Palmator goes five and three. Uh, Lone Telfy back to that Nova side. He is on that Baptiste. He actually played, you know, pretty well. He did a good job of using his range to his advantage, trying to use that Ordain to keep Palmatoro off. Unfortunately, Fnatic played really well this game. And, you know, it's kind of the fanatic I was expecting. They do go ahead and take this game, too. I think the biggest issue with this game was the fact, like, going back to the whole truth thing, like what you were talking about, um, Starboy couldn't really peel for him that well. But also, like, focusing on the fanatic side is you have Nettolette on that grace again. I mean, you know, Palmatoro dives in, and he plus he's got a shiver steal, so he gets a little bit of sustain off that as well. There was just too much sustain going into to, to Palmatoro that I think truth was a combination of him kind of getting caught out a little bit too much but also not being able to just finish off that cruel uh when he had the opportunity so yeah so game three is won by um is won by like nova we see starboy on that catherine truth on his famous celeste bone delphi on that baptiste once again uh, the fanatic side we see palmator on that weapon power glaive netolet on the lance uh, he does build an echo, you know, get some double combat rolls in there. I'm not sure if that's what they use it for. Um, but then Techno JJ implement Truce, uh, Crystal Power, Idris. Uh, you know, it didn't work out so well. Close game, though. It was 6 to 8. Nova does get that last, you know, important Kraken slash team fight and goes ahead to push to win for this for this game anything else for this game not really game four going into the draft we got uh, a little bit of surprise i uh fanatic they go ahead and pick up a fortress so i was kind of surprised to see that um you know arden was still available lance was still available uh they i guess they just were, were believing in that fortress uh we do see at the end of the match Netolette, he's got a heavy prism trying to build in to do a little damage with that as well so um I thought that was interesting, but Lone Delphi, he picks up the, the Black Feather. Uh, Starboy picks up his Grace, and Truth actually goes with a Crystal Power Lyra in the lane. So I was very interested to see that. Uh, what's your opinion with that and the, the Crystal Power Truth? So when you look at what happened when the draft went down, it was basically determining them determining to take away heroes from Fnatic. We see these captains being very important picks. You can get some certain captains, and they can help your team a lot. So that Lyra being played over on uh, Fnatic's side could help Palmatory out a lot, that heal as that crawl. If Netolet is on a healer, on Lyra instead of that fortress, you know, that can change that game completely. So uh, they had confidence in Lone Delphi to, you know, kind of play well enough that Truth can succeed on that Lyra. But honestly, Lyra has a lot of burst damage on that Sigil when she's crystal. You know, her auto attacking 
you know, is kind of rough. It doesn't do crazy amount of damage, but you know, with her kit, the using her A to kind of burst people down, it can be, you know, once you pop it, that's a, it's kind of like a scarf pit spitfire. It's almost like a Celeste supernova. You know, it does a lot of damage. I mean, did I think it was going to be successful? Uh, not really. I think it's a scarf like that. I thought, you know, scarf was going to dominate for sure. But Truth uses portals perfectly. You know, Lone Delphi being able to use his ultimates to, you know, get in and out. Uh, I mean, Lone Delphi being able to use his uh, his ultimates to, you know, get in and out of Techno JJ jumping in, knowing when he's about to die, to jump back out well, when he's about to die. But honestly, it's one of the best games I saw from Nova, you know, all weekend. Yeah, and we do see Starboy and Lodelphi both getting the uh, the Atlas Pauldron to help slow down that Palmatoro. I think that was, you know, obviously the big key that they doubled up on that. So smart move by them. Yeah, so Nova does move on. They do get that victory to move on to day three. That was a big win for NA, not only us, but I saw uh, some other people picking Fnatic to maybe upset Nova. But this next game, you know, I saw people picking SK to win, but I thought that was more EU people. But they were up against Immortals, which we know Immortals has been playing extremely well. Uh, this game was, you know, extremely back and forth, even though Immortals does 3-0 SK. You know, I felt like SK could have, you know, won those games if they made the small macro decisions at the end. Uh, real quick, we see first game kills, you know, or second game kills, 16 to 13, and then we see, you know, 15 to 13, so, you know, SK favors that, that last game. Even though SK was winning the kill counts, they're still winning these games at the end, so it was super close. Do you want to start with game one, or, you know, which game do you want to talk about? So, game one, you want to do the drafts, or you just want to talk about it? You, uh, you just do the draft? Sure, go through the draft real quick. Okay. So we got D'Enzio with Scarf, we got Max Green with Lance, we got T-Tigers with Glaive. Uh, for the SK side, we got Cavalifar on a Celeste, uh, Raft on a, a uh, not a Celeste, but a Catherine, there we go, and Tyrus on a Kroll. So uh, I was kind of interested to see Tyrus on Kroll. Uh, normally we see, like, I know his, like, number one hero, I would say, would be that more that Samuel. Uh, we don't get to see that Kroll as much, but... He did not get to build very deep into that. Uh, he only had a breaking point and a tension bow by the time the game was over. But going back to the immortal side, we see D'Enzio finishing the game at a perfect 6-0, and expecting nothing less with four offensive crystal items fully built. Uh, he, that dude's a farming machine. Yeah, I mean, D'Enzio on a scarf. We see him played again in the very next game. I mean, these people are not prioritizing this scarf ban. Uh, this is something TSM figures out later, but you have to ban it away. Uh, if you're not winning, you need to ban it away. And, you know, I don't have what was banned in game two. All I have is the end comps. Do you have what was banned in game two? Yeah. What did SK so, ban? SK, their very first ban was Adagio, and then uh, they picked up Catherine, and then their second ban away was Lance. So they were trying to focus on more the captain. I mean, I'm sure they saw, you know, Adagio or uh, D'Enzio play Adagio in the earlier in day one. Uh, so I'm sure that's what that forced that game. Yeah, so I mean, we see D'Enzio, he went 5-5 five and five this game, you know, not 6-0, and oh, not as well. But, you know, T-Tigers, you know, he says, you can't do it all, so I'm going to go 9-5 and five on my Glaive. You know, Immortals, they win that second game 16-13. to 13. Uh, You know, that was good for... 
you know, good if another close game for SK. They're almost there. I'm starting to think this next game, SK can easily win it and take another one and maybe even go to a series of five. But, you know, at this point in Vanguard, we have, you know, 27, 28, 29 minute matches happening. It comes down to these last team fight, these last team fight decisions. Like it comes down to who can reflex block correct. But, you know, this third game, you know, this last game for SK, unfortunately, the number one seed losing to a number four in NA. You know, it's kind of rough for EU to look at that and swallow that to realize that NA's number four seed is easily beating their number one. But, you know, Prosper Immortals, once again, you know, Dianzio, once you mentioned, he's back on that Adagio. You know, ban away Scar from me, whatever. I'll hop on that Adagio and I'll casually, you know, dominate just as well on him. But, you know, we see Dianzio going six and six, you know. Uh, two Tigers going five and six. They're not dominating, but you know, unfortunately, if you look at the VOD, this last team fight, SK just did not make the correct decisions, or maybe you know they pushed it a little too hard, and maybe should have waited. You know, Cavalfar's in a lane with Samuel. Yeah, I think EU tried to get a little too fancy with it. I mean, I saw the you know Tyrus, or they pick up that curl first, and then they pick up a lance, and I'm like, okay. So I was kind of expecting, you know. Uh, like maybe Celeste to come out or or the Scarf. They were both available. And and I see a Samuel get picked for the lane. I'm like, wait a second. So is Ty Ruse in the lane? Is Or not in the lane. Is Ty Ruse playing the Samuel? Or I'm like, how is this going to work? So seeing uh, Cavalifar put that lane Samuel, I've never seen it done. Obviously, I mean, they probably had to have practiced with it and kind of had an idea what they were going to do with it. Unfortunately for them, I think, you know, whether they just try to get too cute or what, it did not work out for them. And they end up, like you said, losing 3-0. Yeah, it kind of stinks being in that position, the best team in EU. You know, you don't you don't get to play day one. You get to play day two. You know, you lose 0-3, and that's it for your weekend. You only get to play three games. You traveled all that way. You know, that's just not the position you want to be in. It kind of is unfortunate for SK. Um, but, you know, a long day. Vainglory started at, like, at like 3 o'clock, and we didn't really stop watching it until, like, 1 a.m., so... You know, it was just, it was an extremely long day for us. The last matchup was, uh, you know, TSM versus G2. You know, luckily it was not a five game, five game series. So the night kind of ended earlier, but TSM plays, you know, extremely well. You know, not really much to talk about. G2 was a team that beat NA last, you know, the last season in the spring. G2 was EU's last hope, but, you know, unfortunately, you know, Best Chuck's pulling out Celeste game one. He's playing Kestrel game two. And you see, look at for this last game, he's he's playing, um, he's on that Adagio. So, you know, all the same type of heroes, not really much different from TSM. They kind of just pull a 3-0. Pretty dominant victory, if we're being honest. There's really not much to talk about. Well, here's I keep noticing. I you know I didn't like think about this before going in before this podcast. But here's what I keep noticing: if you look at NA players, and maybe I'm wrong on these stats, but if I if I had to believe, I'm probably right. All these NA players go for the most part for offensive items, and I'm scrolling through all my screenshots, and I'm not seeing any of the laner EU really get anything other than three offensive items and i mean if that goes to say anything that na mechanically is just better because you have to be on point with your positioning and i mean so like the reason i'm saying this best chuck na against hundor in g2 uh it was the celeste against a crystal idris you know it, he's got three and best or uh hundor's got three and best chuck's got four 
uh, best Chuck finishes five and two and Hundor finishes one and two. I mean, what do you think about that? What's- I mean, I think I've heard from a lot of players. I mean, I haven't personally, but just from watching streams and stuff and even playing with higher-ranked players, if I ask for a recommendation, you know, one time I was playing Kestrel, and I was like, you know, how are you playing Kestrel right now? Well, you build, you know, Tension Bow and three the items, you know, if you're winning early game. If you're not winning early game, you just, you know, build Sorrow Blade, just, you know, sacrifice your fourth and get two defensive items to survive longer. So, you know, what may be happening in some of these matchups is that, you know, Hondor just feels bullied early game. He has really no choice but to pick up, you know, extra defense. You know, maybe because he's just dying from best chuck on crystal and dying from, you know, best chuck on weapon. So, you know, we see this on game two, Hondor's on that Celeste. You know, when you're on that Celeste, a lot of people always have that four items. We see, you know, Dinzio has played with three before, but it's not as successful. But, you know, if you don't have clockwork on Celeste right now, you're not spamming supernovas, supernovas, you're not, you know, if you're not getting your damage out, he does go toe to toe four items against best chuck. But, um, I, I think we, I would have to go through. We, I think you're right. We see a lot of, you know, Vox build, for instance. A lot of Voxes are probably more a three-item three item build with two defense items. But, you know, it just goes back to how aggressive NA is. NA is so aggressive early games, you're going to feel like you're not any defense. I mean, me and you, when you think about it, we've had those games where you, where you dominate early on. You're not dying. You're like, I don't need defense early on. I'm snowballing it really hard. I'm hitting every skill shot. I'm making every right play. You know, I can sacrifice two defensive items and just destroy. And then, you know, have those games that you're taking damage from everyone and you, you kind of need as much defense as possible, you know, to survive that game. So it's probably just situational, you know, Sluts and Scarf. They're both kind of, you know, four items. Okay, I was just curious. I wanted your opinion on that. Yeah, uh, you know, I wish I was a, a VG10 player that had competitive experience and so I could give more knowledge and have all the answers. But, you know, as a casual player, I watch a lot of Vanglore and, I, you know, I do my best. But that is day one and day two. Uh, unfortunately, all of EU is knocked out, except we do have the Challenger Cup in the beginning of Sunday on day three. We have Echo Fox versus Team Queso. Uh, K-Last, I believe. So they go ahead and beat Echo Fox. You know what that means? Dragonborn is still honoring his tweet and giving out 30,000 ice to Vainglory people. Uh, You have to enter his giveaway because technically an EU team technically beat technically eu be an na team so he's stuck with it in the challenger cup i mean honestly he's the host of it so he wanted to count that game i guess i never thought of that i didn't think that he'd be talking about that game as well so that's interesting yeah someone tweeted dragonborn don't push your luck why are you doing this he's like hey man you know i'm giving everyone a chance you know i'm, I'm still rooting for e e and a but you know okay so you know came out and they played really well gave some hope for uh eu they came out and got that victory you know i'm kind of disappointed in uh echo fox you know they lost to. Uh, they lost the EU. So let's go ahead and move over to day three then. So first matchup, do you want to go ahead and uh, break it down for us? Oh, man, where do I begin? TSM taking on Immortals. Um, God. It, it, I mean, was it the best series? I think it was better than the champion. The champion yes. series? Uh, yeah, I'd agree with that. I think it's just because I, I want to cheer for Immortals so much because I like their team. I like Dianzio. But at the same time, like you've heard in previous podcasts, I... Uh, just love Flash X in the most non-weird way. Uh, <laughs> just just I a legend. To, I, I didn't want him to go out, yeah, not on top. So 
uh, I guess starting off with the first game, you know, we see um, Vonsi, they, they get on, he gets on a Kroll, Best Chuck's got his Celeste, and then Flash X goes with an Arden, which we haven't seen very many Ardens throughout the weekend, but Flash X does pick that up. That's kind of where he made his name with that Arden, so I was excited to see that. Uh, D'Anzio on that Scarf, Max Green with the uh, Catherine pickup, and then T-Tigers on a weapon-powered Blaze. So D'Anzio gets his Scarf's um, moral story of the weekend, I guess you could say. Right. Uh, he, he goes 8-4 and four and just dominates. So Yeah, I mean, TSM to go ahead and ban away that Lance to go ahead and set up that Crawl pick. Uh, unfortunately, when you're last picking your, your laners, your mages, they decide just to have that mage battle in the lane and... You know, I don't truly know if Celeste is, or Scarf is better than Celeste, or maybe it's just who your jungler is. T-Tigers using a lot of afterburns in this game to keep DNZO alive, allowing DNZO to, you know, get stacks on Broken Myth, and then just use Dragon Breath. And if you use Dragon Breath with full stacks, no matter how much shield, no matter, you know, a barrier or fountain, you know, it just melts right through. There's no way you're going to survive. Scarf's turret-taking ability is, you know, even be better than Celeste Supernovas, which are super good. Uh, you see you have a four-item for both uh, Best Chuck and DNZO. Uh, T-Tigers was just able to afterburn and get on top of uh, Best Best Chuck. But, you know, Best Chuck did go 7-4. We do need to be calling out Von C because, you know, he kept getting caught out early game. You know, Vonsi was dying a lot earlier. I, I think his rotation seemed off. Uh, I don't think he knew where the other team was. He just kept getting caught out. And I think with Flash, that should just should not have been happening. He goes three and seven. Yeah, I mean, we did see him tweet out after one, after the loss. You know, he was like, I forget exactly what it said, but he was just apologizing to the fans and stuff saying, I think he, quote, said that he sucked. And I'm like, man, you do not suck, but. It's just, it was it, I agree it was a rough game and a rough series for Von C. Still one of the best junglers out there though. It's hard when you're going up against competition like T Tigers. So what are you gonna do? Yeah, I mean it is a team sport. You know you have three players in your team. So you know Von C is doing his best. I'm I know he probably feels terrible that he lost and a lot of fans were rooting for him. But you know he did his best like you said. So uh, second game here if we look at the band picks. We have, you know, Immortals banning away that Lance, TSM ban away that Cruel, uh, Immortals pick up that Grace right away, which is a very smart pick, TSM go ahead and pick up the Catherine, obviously I'm not going in exact order of how they were banned or picked, but, you know, I'm just reading them off how they were picked, um, but we see Glaive being picked up from TSM, and then we see the Idris being picked up from Immortals, which I was excited to see that until I was realized Samuel was picked up. So I knew it wasn't going to be a Crystal Idris anymore, so we saw double weapon power, unless it was double weapon power. But in this case, it was it was uh, a weapon power Idris and a Crystal Samuel. But, you know, we have seen the double weapon Crystal with uh, an Idris. But then a Celeste is picked up for TSM, uh, which, you know, in this case, we don't have a Vox ban. We see double weapon power being ran, so... I just don't know if I like the pick from Celeste, but you know, obviously it works for Celeste in the lane. It does work for TSM. They do go ahead and pick up this game. Um, I don't have a screenshot of the end, but do you want to go ahead and break down the winning scoreboard? So, I mean, Immortals uh, end up losing the, the, the kill count 10 to 16. Uh, 
T Tigers, he goes seven and three on that Samuel. He did really well in that Samuel. Max Green, I think, you know, he went Max Green went 0 and 8. So a more or TSM got a lot of their kills off of Max Green, you know, kind of being out of position or trying to take most of that damage and not hitting the fountain quick, quick enough or whatever the situation may be. You can't die eight times as a captain. Um, that's not that's not gonna help the team, obviously. D'Enzio three and five with the weapon power Idris, not his strongest performance by any means. Best Chuck and A. He goes nine and two on that Celeste. And then uh Catherine's one and three, or Catherine Flash X on Catherine one and three. And Von C goes six and five with the weapon powered glaive. Um this game, I mean <laughs> yeah, Immortals take it, but TSM I thought that they did. Or I'm sorry. Did TSM win this one? Am I getting confused? Yep, yeah, no, yep. TSM won this one. Yeah, okay. TSM won this one. Um, I think it was just the I think you're I think I would have rather seen DNZO go that crystal power Idris and just do a dual crystal power, to be honest with you. Like you were talking about. We saw a web power Idris was played, you know, not a crazy amount, but it probably was close to 50-50. Uh, of weapon power and crystal idris i still think uh, crystal Idris is still stronger i don't think it's as exciting uh weapon compared to crystal but you know not as high of a chance to 1v3 with crystal you know crystal idris excuse me can 1v3 a lot better but you know even a vox in the situation like i was touching on before you know vox just has an ex extremely high success rate he can put out a lot of damage so you know, I'm sure they they have no they have a reason for putting Idris into that comp, and Idris you know maybe does well into the Celeste, uh, but you know TSM does come back and win game two. You know at this point we kind of see, all right, well you know maybe this is a you know the dynasty type thing. TSM's gonna head and run away with these next three. You know it's just not the case. We go into game game three. Uh, you know we see TSM on A side, we see Immortals on B side. Uh, we got a scarf band from TSM. You know, finally, thank you. Get that away from Immortals. Uh, we see that Grace, which is an, another extremely important band. I'll be continuing to talk about that Grace band when we get to the Cloud9 discussion. We'll get the Catherine picked up from Immortals. We get the Idris band from Immortals. Uh, TSM goes ahead and bans with Baptiste to pick up that crawl for, uh, you know, another crawl for Von C. Uh, definitely needs to perform a little better than he did last time. You know, TSM go ahead and pick up double healers here. We have Adagio and uh, Lyra on their side, which this is scary for, you know, Immortals. We see them being able to heal Vonsi up a lot. You know, that's dangerous, especially with that Poison Shiv Crawl. Uh, do you have the final builds for this game? Yes, he did not do it. Did he do Breaking shift. Point this game? I think the interesting part was he got the ship never still got that buff. Yeah, this was uh, a very, very big win for TSM to win. Immortals loses with the Celeste. You know, once again, I think Immortals, uh, you know, people think that um, Celeste and Scarf is so good that they have to pick them. And, you know, we see Celeste on Denzio and T-Tigers on that Glaive. You know, T-Tigers played Glaive a lot this weekend. He barely got to be on Samuel. You know, he was just on Glaive with Tension Bow and Poison Shiv all weekend. All he was doing was knockbacks and knockbacks. But, you know, there was some games that, uh, you know, he got to play Blackfeather, play extremely well, and even some Glaive games where he went more damage and did extremely well. But we do see TSM go ahead and winning this game and, you know, forcing this game four that, you know, they have to they have to win Immortals. All right, so for game four, Immortals on side A, TSM on side B. Mortals right away, they ban away the Grace. Uh, TSM bans away the Kroll. Uh, so they didn't, want, they didn't want to play it, and they didn't want Immortals to play it. Uh, Immortals, they go ahead and pick up the Catherine. 
so that allows TSM to go ahead and pick him Adagio. Smart move there, trying to take that away from uh, Dienzio. The only bad news is that leaves Scarf open, and guess what? Immortals pick up Scarf, and they finish it out with, guess what? That Glaive. So definitely seeing a trend with Immortals. Uh, T-Taggers on that Glaive to do those afterburns and peel for that Scarf and Dienzio. Uh, TSM finish out their draft. I thought it was a pretty good uh, decision to pick up the Black Feather and the Lance. A little bit of crowd control, you know, Adagio. Or not Adagio, I'm sorry. Um, Blackfeather with what's in his kit can kind of get to that back line, try to get on that scarf and do some serious damage back there. So uh, interesting draft there. What do you got to say about this one? Yeah, I mean, this was a, an important, uh, obviously, Immortals at this point. They have to win. They have to, you know, make the smart, the smart draft pick in order to continue on uh, in this game. We see... Well, they do win this game. I was really starting to think already about game five. You're going to kill me, but I'm ready to move on to game five. I have important stuff to say. Do you have anything else to say about game well, four? I mean, <laughs> no, I really don't. I mean, have much. Uh, let me see. Yeah, no, I really don't have a whole lot. Well, I'm excited about game five because, you know, Immortals figure something out in this situation and what they kind of use later on and what they should have used, you know, more later on when they started playing Cloud9 is that, you know, in this game, we see TSM ban Scarf right away, which we see that happening in Immortals no matter what. Crawl is picked up once again, and then that um, the Celeste is being picked up as well. And then, you know, Immortals, they kind of get stuck with Adagio, which is actually a good thing for Dienzio. And then T-Tigers on Blackfeather is pretty much the main reason why they won. He could use his Rose, events, Rose Offensive, he could avoid Flash's crowd control and get on top of Best Chuck and absolutely destroy him. And, you know, he could mess up Best Chuck's comfortability. He couldn't sit back and just unload those Heliogenesis. And, you know, it was it was hard for him to to survive. And, you know, he really couldn't use his, his uh, core collapse to protect himself. So, you know, he couldn't use the clockwork like he needed to to spam out every, his abilities. But in this game particularly, Grace is banned here. So when we get to the Cloud9 matchups... Grace is not banned that often, which I think that is what Immortals downfall, and I think that was what something they maybe should have focused on more. Uh, spoiler: Immortals does go ahead, uh, not just beat TSM, but beat them pretty well. Yeah, the two things that I want to touch on with this game, and maybe talk about a little bit, is first of all, Max Green on the Lyra. At the end, his he ended up building an Echo, which I think was crucial to help Immortals win. Um, you know, you get that the healing out of Adagio and Lyra, but if you get that that Echo, you can use that Echo on your Sigil and get even more healing to help sustain T-Tigers. T-Tigers also gets a Poison Shiv, so the amount of sustain for T-Tigers is ridiculous. He died twice, and I'm surprised he died twice, to be honest, because the final kill count was 13-2, to two, so they were just tearing apart TSM. But the other thing I want to focus on and talk about is Von C, uh, his build. He, goes, he doesn't get the... Um, the sustain he goes for that breaking point again and he also gets that shiver steel full build again so interesting there he ends up going zero and six on that crawl that build is not good to him yeah i mean moving away from just the healing i mean the sigil from lyra the movement speed that offer for t tigers he could get the movement speed plus his rose offensive he would be on top of uh you know best chuck you know faster than if he even went through a portal from uh his his captain so i mean he's back there trying to throw down core collapse trying to protect himself freaking out but it's just a rough game for him in this situation we see you know somehow we see a, you know we see an interview from best chuck afterwards and with uh dan gaskin and you know he just talks about how 
Uh, he feels that his, his team as a whole uh, doesn't do a really good job of adapting to, you know, best of five series. They can't, you know, adjust towards the end of the series to, you know, throw off the team they're playing. And, you know, and unfortunately for TSM, I think Immortals were just better for adapting. They picked that last draft perfectly for themselves, which, you know, just allowed Immortals uh, to beat TSM and move on to the finals. And, you know, like everyone called them, they were that, that TSM Slayers. You know, they were a team from Challengers that came out of, you know, necessarily out of nowhere. But, you know, a lot of people expected them to get here. And the fact that they did is pretty impressive for DNZO and especially Max Green. You know, big shout out to Max Green. You know, Sweet J talked about on the desk that, you know, you know, last last live finals in the spring, Max was really nervous, had a lot of on stage nerves. But, you know, this summer finals, Max Green played out of his mind, did absolutely wonderful. You know, besides T Tigers Dienzio, Max Green was an absolute amazing captain. He was definitely playing up there with Starboy, Flash and Glaive, uh, Gabe, all these other great captains. So, you know, big shout out to Max Green for doing that. For sure. So you ready to dive into the C9 Nova game? C9 Nova, um, I don't know. I'm not saying I'm disappointed. Nova played fantastic the third game, exactly how I thought they would play. Um, but unfortunately, it just didn't turn out the exact way I wanted it. Uh, no offense to C9. I just want to see two new people on stage for the finals battling it out. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you 100%. You know, no offense to C9. We love those guys love watching them play they're the best at what they do but uh it would have been nice to see another na team be able to punch their ticket to the to the world or the uh yeah the world finals what am i trying to say the world the championship i, I think we just call it worlds <laughs> okay that's wow i don't know that was rough i pulled the endless there so anyway yeah i would have liked to see someone else punch their ticket but since c9 won you know spring and summer they're the only ones who have officially punched their ticket all right, so diving into the draft for the first for the first game, we got Cloud Nine on side A, Nova on side B. Uh, right away, Cloud Nine they go ahead and ban away a Kestrel. So um, they've done a little bit of homework there, a little bit of research that they don't want Nova getting that Kestrel. Uh, Nova they go ahead and ban away the Vox. Uh, uh, they pick up Lance, and then Cloud Nine they pick up Grace, and then Cloud Nine bans away Kroll. And then Nova actually bans away the pedal. Uh, Nova goes ahead and picks up a glaive. Cloud9, they pick up Blackfeather. They also pick up the Adagio. So we know old school with that Adagio is pretty deadly. And then Nova, they go ahead and pick up the Idris. So uh, Blackfeather for me was a great pickup. I don't know. For some reason, when Blackfeather is played i always like the outcome and how the team played it i kind of wish blackfeather was picked more maybe even banned more but you know he was definitely more of a counter pick this weekend i felt like um but uh first game for cloud nine nova struggled with positioning i would say cloud nine playing better throughout the fold making the better decisions uh which is you know kind of what happened for these first two games you can say uh, there's not too much to talk about. Game one was just Cloud9. Played exactly how uh, we expected them to, doing what they do best. Uh, game two, we see some entry things out of Nova. We see a Finn being picked up. I don't really like the Finn. He's slow. Uh, you know, if you miss your Force Accord or your, you know, your hook, uh, you're just kind of there, standing there, just ready to take damage. You know, there's just nothing. 
He he is standing there so that you can get your broken miss and your breaking point stacks up. He's, he's like, here, hit me. I will make this easy for you. Exactly. And the only thing he does well in this situation is, uh, you know, body block crawls from hell heart, Hell's Heart. So that's the only thing he's doing is, you know, being a big body, allowing maybe uh, Lone Delphi to hide behind him, you could say. Maybe throw out Spitfires and get stacked up. But uh, really, we see him, you know, getting caught out quite a lot in this game. Not really be able to do much. I mean, he went 1-5 S-Fan. Not terrible. But, you know, this is a game I thought in my head that this was a team that ran the Double Crystal, which was Truth, the Double Crystal Idris, which there was a time at one point that, you know, Truth, like, almost 1v3 them. I thought this was going to be a time he was going to turn this turn this around on them. Uh, the Crystal Idris late game is extremely dangerous, but... You know, unfortunately, I love Joseph's crawl was just too good. Six and two, old school going six and one on the Adagio. Uh, you know, the Adagio went four items. Uh, you know, Frostburn Adagio, man, the the heals on that Frostburn Adagio was super powerful. Uh, it was just deadly for Truth and Lone Delphi. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, no, I was just gonna say that I love Joseph. I mean, he doubled up on that the the crystal shielding. Obviously, I mean. It's, it's just like when you have the double weapon power, only the double crystal. So Lone Delphi, or I'm sorry, not Lone Delphi. I love Joseph wasn't taking a whole lot of damage, not to mention the shiver steel, the sustain he had, and plus the heal from old school. Uh, old school. So I think that was the big downfall for Truth and Lone Delphi was that they countered it extremely well. Yeah, so I mean, personally, another weird draft for Nova. Uh, going into game three, uh, you know, I think they drafted a lot better. They picked up Baptiste, which, you know, Starboy on Baptiste is something that I think they should start with, you know, almost from game one and two instead of pulling this out, you know, so late in game three. Baptiste did an extremely well job in this in this matchup using his Ordain to keep Truth safe on the Celeste. Truth positioning, uh, you know, it can be kind of questionable, but he's so good with Celeste. He can be the front line uh, on, on that Celeste. He's going to have to stay safe. He can use that Eva Harvest to heal himself up. He throws out his ultimates at the perfect time to get his health back. Uh, he just makes very crucial decisions in these team fights. Uh, Lone Delphi, surprisingly, played extremely well on that crawl himself, you know. Uh, played as good as those uh, other major crawl mains like Von C and I Love Joseph. Uh, Cloud9, on the other hand, you know, this is the one time I thought that... Um, I'm just making this stat up. Don't fact check me, people. But, you know, this is the one time I see Gabe Vizzle, you know, losing on this grace. Yeah, I, I agree with you. He did... I mean, I don't know. I don't know why he struggled. He went 2-5, and five, so getting caught out maybe a little bit. But I think it was just more of Nova playing extremely well this match, too. Yeah, this was the Nova team we kind of saw all weekend. The Nova team that I think, you know, had the potential to, you know, play through through the champions, you know. I think it was just the macro play that comes out of Cloud9. They're just too strong with their synergy. Their decision making is it's just is so incredible. They've, you know, that little interview with Cloud9 that we saw with the beginning before the matches, you know, talking about how TSM can have that advantage because they're in a team house together. But, you know, Gabe says when Cloud9 comes together and they play those offline tournaments, and you know, have that, that chance to practice together, you know, they just feel that no one can beat them and they felt like they were going to be the one to, to lift that trophy, you know. And then when they're on stage together, you know, there is a, such a, a thing as a life, life buff for both teams like Cloud9 and Immortals. I mean, they've proven it both times now so yeah it's it's pretty nasty but moving into game four here 
Uh, we threw it back a couple metas, if, or Cloud9 did at least. Did you notice that? I mean, Old School picking up the Vox and I Love Joseph going with the Kashka. Yeah, all, those are N, all, those are NA's like favorite heroes. Yeah, the original just had to be a Ringo, so uh, Ringo, Catherine, and uh, Kashka. That would have been the original. So yeah, Nova. I mean, they go ahead. They and Starboy gets uh, he gets his Baptiste again. Uh, we see Truth picking up a Lane Glaive, so that was an interesting pickup. But the thing I was probably most excited about was seeing Lone Delphi on this Samuel. Um, he didn't play as well. He went, you know, two and four. But uh, I think it, it has to go more with uh, Cloud9 and how well that they did play. Old school going seven and four. I love Joseph going eight and five. You know, getting your standard build with that Kashka, the Broken Myth, and the Aftershock. Um, yeah, it was just a rough match for them on this one so they go ahead and take that one as well and that moves it on to our championship yeah so we do see cloud nine once again they're on the stage for the championship game they're on uh you know trying to repeat back to back to be the first team uh to do so for the the unified live final stage since this new format of the year of vainglory uh, but we have Cloud9 versus Immortals. This is going to be an insane matchup. It was an insane matchup. Uh, you know, not best of five, unfortunately. So Cloud9, they uh, did their research, and they ban away that scarf right away. But... Trying to let Dienzio get that scarf. Yep. And then, uh, let's see, Immortals, they go ahead and ban away Catherine. Cloud9 picks up a Grace. Immortals pick up a Lyris. We have two of the bigger healers. So Cloud9, they go ahead and pick up Vox and Kasha again. So the game we just previously saw, uh, they get the same draft. I mean, if you're winning with it, well, why not? And Immortals, they rounded out with Glaive and Celeste. So uh, D'Anzio didn't get his Adagio and Scarf, but he did get a Crystal Power uh, Celeste in the lane. So he didn't do very well with it, though. Um. You know, the Celeste pickup for me, I still don't like it. When you don't have a Scarf, we see Celeste originally, quote-unquote. Celeste has been picked up as, you know, a counter for Scarf. And I don't get why, in this case, Immortals is playing Celeste. I get Dienzio is super good at Celeste. I get Celeste is, is good right now. But, you know, I just think of Box in this case. Well, wait, Box is off the board, but, you know... You know, maybe someone else in this case could be played more successfully against against uh, this comp. But maybe for Dienzo, it just comes down to the, the comfort. You know, this Celeste right now is a comfort pick for him. Um, but, you know, Ringo maybe is not someone who's comfortable for Dienzo. Uh, you know, Gwen's definitely not on the fold. Um, but, you know, people like starting over are the only ones that's really the... You know the the best on that Ringo, but so for Dienzio, yeah, it's kind of frustrating. But maybe this is just what he's most comfortable with. But you know, with the the Vox and the Kashka, you get the clinic again from I Love Joseph Kashka seven and one. Uh, you know Kashka absolutely dominates when you know you get an early early lead in the jungle. It can be absolutely scary. We see the echo again from Gabe Vizzle with a shatter glass. He is healing 1,020. Your health literally can go from zero to completely full. There's many team fights that Dienzio basically wipes Isle of Joseph and Old School off the fold, and then Gabe Vizzo just is standing there and just uses his echoes to get him back in the fight. And here comes Isle of Joseph and absolutely kills and kills him immediately. It's impossible for immortals to win. That's not the only echo we saw on Gabe Vizzo either. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Isle of Joseph stealing Flash X's. Uh echo on this kashka 
Uh, I mean, I guess he didn't play a role. He didn't even need it. I know. I know, but like it was just hilarious that without that, without the echo, he's doing just fine. <laughs> he's still dominating. I mean, it makes sense though. You use that that grace to heal up that Kashka because you when you take your most of your damage is like when you're using your ultimate. Like I love to do an ultimate on one v three. If I could just get you to heal me for a thousand, <laughs> keeps you alive underneath the tournament or the tur turret. <laughs> Dude, how? Wait, we're an hour in. Yeah, we need to end this soon because. The voice is leaving. The words are leaving. Oh, this is great. All right, yeah. So anyway, so that's game one. Uh, Cloud Nine, they handle it. I mean, twenty nine minutes is important though, because this is what the casters were talking about, which I do want to point out here. NA has always been known for aggression, aggression, aggression. Early game victories. You know, NA right now in these high pressure situations, these games are lasting a long time. These teams are making, you know, every decision they make are very specific. They're not making stupid decisions. They're not letting teams snowball. You know, Immortals has a Celeste and you need a four item Celeste. So they're just sitting back farming. They're trying not to fight. They're not trying to push, you know, an issue to make a to make a mistake. And, you know, the Kasha can snowball easy. So, you know, NA teams may need to take a, uh, take a page from EU and figure out how to win uh, a long lasted game like this. Game two, let's do it. Game two, let's do it. All right. Mortals on side A, Cloud9 on side B. Mortals, they go ahead and ban away the Lyra. Interesting ban. Um, Cloud9, they go ahead and ban away the Scarf. Smart ban. Uh, Immortals, they go ahead and pick up Catherine. Pause. Cloud9. Okay, yep. They okay. didn't take didn't Grace. Yeah. Yeah. You're, yeah. Which automatically means Cloud9 is going to win. Spoiler alert. Sorry, guys. Anyway, <laughs> Immortals picks up, or I'm sorry, Immortals bans Adagio. Interesting move there. I guess they didn't want the double healer for Cloud9, so I can I can respect that. Uh, Cloud9, they go ahead and ban away the Baptiste. Immortals, they go ahead and pick up the Weapon Power Glaive, and we get Dienzio on Celeste again. And then uh, finish it out, Cloud9, they go ahead and pick up the Vox and the Cruel. So maybe a double double Weapon Power uh, Cruel. And, yeah. Because I, I would love yeah. to see. I would love to see a Crystal Power. Oh, again. Remember when that was, that was a fun time. He's still strong, but I just don't think he's near as good. I mean, anyways, uh, I really need Danzio to come on the podcast and explain to me these first drafts. You know, once again, I feel like they're putting themselves in a situation where Danzio is on Celeste. You have Grace, a double here. You know, you have Vox on Old School. Old School doesn't lose when he plays Vox. He does an insane amount of damage. Uh, he always plays well on this Vox. But, you know, this is a much closer game for this matchup. 8-7, Cloud9. You know, and Immortals actually won the kill count, so, but, you know, Dinzio still struggled, which is the, the key here. Even though he's playing this Celeste, I want to know what he maybe could have played and had a higher success rate on, or, you know, maybe played, um, you know, Blackfeather in this case, but I just don't think that would really work in this situation. You know, Blackfeather's good in this grace, you know, he can Rose Offensive and avoid the knockup, which can, you know, can dominate T-Tigers, you know, on that, on that Glaive, so... But, you know, once again, we see Gay Bizzle, you know, just picking up a Shatter Glass on this Grace, just putting out insane amount of healing. Kind of the same story we've seen in the past games for Cloud9. You know, Cloud9, this is another late game, 29 minutes. These games last a long time. Teams are being extremely cautious. But we have, you know, 
Gabe Vizzle is just standing there sometimes during these matchups, doing nothing but throwing out his ultimate. He sometimes she's important for CC to stop some fights, but you know when you have two carries that are important to do damage, all you need to do is just sit there and you just need to be throwing your all. You're just throwing out your all your ultimate. You know you need a old school, then you know you echo, and then by the time you're done echoing again, he's dead again. So you just ultimate again and you just keep him alive forever. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I mean. Yeah, I, I don't have anything to say about it. I mean, I'm not a professional player, so I don't know every specific counter to an echo like that, or, you know, maybe no wave gauntlet, but that it's not used like I think people say it should be. Yeah, especially since you can just reflex block it so easily. But, you know, for me, echo on this grace is just almost too much. It's just, it just changes the fights. It, it makes it almost impossible for another team to, or another player to, you know, win team fights. And it's just a really rough item for you know, someone to go up against. Moving on. Uh, Cloud9 taking with that scarf right away. Mortals, they get smart and ban that grace, uh, which allows Cloud9 to be like, all right, we'll pick up that Catherine then. Mortals, they pick up Adagio. Thank goodness we can get a Dienzio back on this Adagio. Uh, Cloud9, they ban away the Glaive. Smart choice by them. Immortals, they ban away the Baptiste. Cloud9, they go ahead and pick up the Celeste and the Kroll. And then Immortals finish it out with double heal. They actually get another Lyra, and they, what do you know, they get T-Tigers on this Black Feather. And, uh, spoiler alert, they win this game to force the game forward. See, so. the Black Feather is the key to this this matchup. The, the ban of the Grace is extremely important. That's the main reason why they won. It's the main reason why they won in 17 minutes with the kills of, of 5 to 1. Not much happened. This, this was a steamroll. This was just uh, Immortals playing this perfectly to a T. Yeah, I mean, old school struggled just like Dienzio struggled the first two games. Once again, we have, I mean, I, I'm not physics, so I don't have the stats, but I have seen her stats, and, you know, Celeste wins rate was decently high, but for the championship, we have we have Celeste 0-3 for these first three games. I don't know why these teams are playing her. She has not won, so, but people are putting so much emphasis on her, and Scarf's been banned away every time, so, Personally, I just, again, I don't see the reason for someone to be playing Celeste in these matchups. You know, I think there's maybe a lot of counters that if, if Celeste doesn't get ramped up in four items, then she's not doing any damage. We see Old School doing absolutely no damage. He has Eva Harvest and Frostburn at 17 minutes in. Yeah, at the end of this game, Immortals had a 12k gold lead on Cloud9. So there was, there's, if you come back from a 12k gold lead i mean good for you you're probably playing in the vg8 so i mean yeah this last game immortals played right into cloud nine this pedal from i love joseph first of all you know immortals bands away grace so thank you i guess this proves that gabe can win without grace uh immortals bands away grace and cloud nine bands away scarf Immortals picks Adagio, Cloud9 picks Catherine, Immortals bans away, uh, or Cloud9 bans away Lyra, and Immortals bans away Baptiste, and the last pick for Immortals is Glaive and uh, Fortress, and then Petal in the box for Cloud9. So this Petal though, I mean there's really no Taka or Crawl for this to be countered, but they felt that Petal into this Fortress, into the Wolves from the Fortress would be, would be extremely strong. So, you know, Shatterglass, going into a double shatter glass and a broken myth was you know absolutely deadly for i love joseph and he he took this as a kashka and just absolutely steamrolled them uh snowballed this game off of this pedal and unfortunately mortals you know they on their heels and there's no way to get off of them yeah it was 
a rough way to finish up the series. Uh, I mean, shout out to C9 for being extremely smart and picking that pedal pick. Uh, you know, he ends, he ends up going, I Love Joseph ends up going 7-0, and and D'Anzio finishes 0-5 in that game, along with Max Green, who's 0-3. Uh, Gabe Vizel doesn't die. So, I mean, that's just, yeah, that's your storyline. Typical C9, C9 antics. I mean, it wasn't the game we wanted to end this series. Obviously, we kind of wanted a game five, 25 minutes in. Whoever wins the next team fight wins the championship. But, you know, unfortunately, within, you know, four minutes, I probably could have turned it off and known what was going to happen. You know, when a pedal is picked like that and you allow her to get early kills and, you know, steal farm away, um, you know, it, there's just no way you can come back from that. T-Tigers, you know, would afterburn in and pedal could just, you know, spontaneous combustion and T-Tigers would just get absolutely melted right away. It was just crazy how much damage I Love Joseph was having. The burst damage was nuts. Um, but, you know... Crude and I are not disappointed that uh, Cloud9 won, of course. We're extremely happy that they won. They put a crazy amount of work in. They did their job. You know, they, they took an easy the last two supposed to summer. Going into summer unified, they were in the position they needed to win, and that's exactly what they did. Uh, they have the great support staff behind them. So, you know, uh, big congrats uh, for Cloud9. I mean, definitely shout out to C9, but... I, I just, I love this weekend. It, it goes to show all these teams working, you know, shout out to Nova, shout out to Immortals. I, this whole, this, I'm excited for this next VGA, which by the way, starts September 23rd and 24th, I think is the next weekend. I saw they let, they released that today, or I think I saw Denominate talking about it. No. Dazzy. One of the casters. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm excited for this next VGA because, once again, everything's going to be turned up on its head and we get a whole new season of Vanglory. It's the best thing ever. Yeah, we got free agents out there. We got things changing, uh, TSM changing most likely. A lot of stuff will be happening, which will be good for this scene. You know, crazy and bad for us because we're going to have to relearn player names or, you know, relearn teams and... It's just gonna be chaotic. I have to switch everything up, but you know what? We'll survive. Autumn season's gonna be awesome. This past weekend was awesome. Congrats to Cloud Nine once again for you know lifting that trophy. Shout out to you know all the production people behind the scenes. You know this was a big weekend for them. It was kind of crazy for them. Um, but hey, you know right before the championship game happened, we did have the dev the dev table with the update. Uh, a lot of five v five action. We saw a little map action which. Zekant did say this is like an old map, like it's changed. The map looked kind of just like League of Legends, but you know, Zekant said that's been changed since then. So, but 5v5 hype, that was really fun uh, looking at that. Uh, we also, you know, had Churnwalker, of course. So, Churnwalker was a big thing that was released. A lot of people were hype about that. Trying to guess and figure out what Churnwalk is, uh, Churnwalker is. You know, this is Halloween, Autumn Time is so awesome for you know the best maps you know you got the best skins for heroes we get you know bay witch celeste pumpkin spice petal like the skins during autumn are are the best so i'm super stoked for autumn i know you too you're you are too crude uh it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a great autumn season all right can i say one more thing here real quick before we get done hit me with it on the off chance that Iraqi Zoro listens to this, uh, I just wanted to, you know, give a shout out to Iraqi Zoro. He did hang up the jersey from Gangstars. Go read the article about, you know, kind of what happened, what he's doing. He is going to be on the analyst desk. They announced that at the championship. But shout out to him. I mean, he's been around as long as, you know, Flash X. Uh, sad to see him go. Excited for his future type thing. So 
thanks for you know all the good memories i guess you could say yeah i mean iraqi i'm pretty excited about him joining the desk that's gonna be pretty awesome to see him up there uh sweet j unfortunately is leaving he'll be doing stuff within the gangstars uh organization not sure what he'll all be doing so he's stepping down but you know iraqi he's gonna try to fill those shoes and be that draft guy that uh sweet j was sweet j obviously you know it's just so much knowledge of vanguard and i think i think iraqi will will be just as high of knowledge considering he's been around for so long so yeah we're super excited for that i don't think i don't think too much is going to change on the desk yeah so shout out to iraqi do you have anything else for this this has been a long one i know it's a championship special i guess yeah you know we skipped a lot but i think we hit a lot of the important topics uh, I'm not sure yet what is coming up in the future for us in the podcast. I'm not sure when our next episode will be. I think we're trying to do a few interviews since we do have that slight break. This weekend is off. Uh, maybe feature a few people. But if not, we won't see you again until our prediction episode of the first week of autumn. A lot of stuff will happen then. Probably some team changes with some player changes. So. Uh, that'll be pretty exciting to see. We'll be talking about all the latest news when it comes to esports. That's for sure. Uh, you know the TSM one especially. We'll be looking out for that. If we do get the interview in, uh, we will see you then. But if not, thank you guys so much for the summer season. Uh, hope you stick around for autumn season. Autumn season is going to be fun. We're getting closer and closer to Worlds. Crude Sloth, my co-host, is. It's been a, a good podcast. So, like I, like you said, until next time. Uh... I don't know. I'm excited for the next round of Vanguard. Same. Uh, it'll be here before we know it. That's all we have. Thanks again for listening. Uh, cheers. Cheers, man. Thanks for tuning in to Time for Rolling. If you liked what you heard, please leave a review on iTunes or Google Play Music and subscribe for weekly episodes. Follow us on Twitter at Time for Rolling and at TFR underscore esports. Until next week for another edition of Time for Rolling.